let's just continue on in an attitude of uh, faith and worship of him. Because he has something to say to you this morning. Yes. You know, every time we gather together, it says we're two or more gathered together in his name. He's there in our midst. And so when you open up your heart in faith, he will speak to you. He will show you something. So often whenever we prepare these messages, you know, I just think, oh, God, there's so much you want to say and put into it. And so I just always pray that he will break it apart. It'll be just like bread and life for you, that the Holy Spirit uh, will speak to you. He's, even though we are speaking, you open up your heart to hear from him because he's the one with the wisdom and the counsel and the... And he's the one that will transform our lives. Amen. So we've been talking about um, doing relationships God's way. And today we want to talk about friendships, the importance of friendships, what the Bible says about friendships. And I, and I don't mean so much, I mean, with social media out there, not, you know, so much the hundreds of friends. You might have hundreds of friends on your Facebook page. We might be kind of like to compare that. How many friends do you have? But in reality, you know, so often you don't know very much about those people. You, they may just be very casual acquaintances, even though you call them friends. So we're talking about uh, godly friendships, the need for good, healthy friendships, why we need to have mm -hmm. them in person, you know, like this when we come together, not just on a video screen. I understand Zoom calls are just everything now, but it's not the same. Right. It's really not even the same. I understand people maybe need, need to feel like they've got to stay home and watch church you know, online, but the Bible does say that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And there are ways that we can come together in faith and uh, obey that scripture because we do need one-on-one face-to-face -on -one -face yes. relationships. And so the world is just full of electronic communication. There's emailing, there's Zooming, there's texting, there's Facebooking, there's Instagram, there's everything on social media. You know, yet studies show that, I was looking this up and I thought, study, this study showed three out of five Americans feel lonely. That's a lot of people. Three out of five. Three out of five that feel lonely. And among the people that are aged 18 to 22, it said in the past like some years, five years or so, it went up to 73% reports sometimes they're always feeling alone. And those are the, that's the age group that's probably the most on social media. Right. But yet still feeling like something is missing in that communication. And I, I believe the reason for it is it's a lot of it is just superficial. You know, we take a selfie, I'm here, and I'm checking in over there, and here I am <laughs> over here. And, and yeah, people do get a glimpse into your life on social media. Sure they do. But God designed our heart with a need. Correct. A, a deeper need for a living, in-person relationship with people where we share our hearts together. I mean, wouldn't you agree that some of the most memorable, pleasurable times that you've had in your life is just sitting around a table with a group of people, you're having dinner, you're talking, you know, you're sharing, you're laughing, you're, you're just you're exposing your heart a little bit, what you feel. Those are just some of the best moments in life. They make the best memories. And so healthy and godly relationships, and I say godly, not in the sense of, oh, somebody's just so super spiritual, but just godly, meaning someone who's pursuing God, right. someone who's going after the things of God and their relationship with God. But healthy, godly relationships are a key element to a blessed life. 
Coming to church isn't enough. We need to interact with one another. We meet, need to make friendships with, with one another, share our hearts with one another. That's whenever it becomes a blessing. We have a desire and a need for companionship. I mean, because God said it is not good in, the, in Genesis. It's not good for man to be alone. I mean, solitary confinement is, think about it, one of the worst punishments mm-hmm. that a person could experience. Put them in solitary confinement. People just, it's... They go a little crazy. So healthy friendships, we need them. We need them to, to cultivate them in our lives. They'll build up our spiritual life. They'll bring joy to our life. Isolation will break down things in our life. Mm-hmm. And so we have this uh, video we want to show you just to, as we get into the message, just helping us to understand what is biblical friendship and and the value of it, the beauty of it, really. Yes. We tend to put all of our focus on romantic and sexual intimacy, and therefore I think we've downplayed other forms of closeness, such as friendship. So we've turned friend from a noun into a verb it's just you add someone on social media hey presto they're now your friend which just means if they have access to your homepage and you have access to theirs that is friendship to many people in our world today but in the bible if you especially if you look at the book of proverbs a friend is a friend is someone who knows your soul it's not just someone that you have a shared hobby with or occasionally hang out with it's someone who knows the real you who knows what's really going on inside. Um, the Hebrew word for friend is, is very closely related to the word for secret, because a friend is someone you tell your secrets to. Uh, we see this actually with, with what Jesus says in, in John 15, verse 15. Jesus says to the disciples, I no longer call you servants, for a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends because... And whatever Jesus says next is going to show us what he thinks is defining a friendship. He says, I've called you friends because all that the Father has revealed to me, I have made known to you. In other words, Jesus is saying, you're friends because I'm letting you in on everything. I'm opening up to you. Um, I'm, I'm spilling all the beans. So that, I think, is why in the Bible, friendship is such an honorable and precious thing. It is very intimate. Um, and Proverbs shows us you, you can't be wise in God's world without friendship. Um, that's a word not just to those of us who are, are single, it's a word to those of us who are married. I've seen marriages suffer and implode for a lack of friendship outside the marriage. All of us need friendship. So the Bible actually gives us a wonderful vision for it. It shows us that um, Although our culture says sex and intimacy are virtually the same thing, the Bible says, firstly, you can have a lot of sex and no intimacy. That is sadly possible. But it also shows us in what it teaches about friendship, you can have a lot of intimacy that has nothing to do with sex. And we see lots of examples of that. Jesus, we see having deep friendship with the 12, then with the three, and then with the disciple he loved. Paul, similarly, uh, we realize was not just out there on his own, um, but he was embedded again in a, ma- a matrix of close relationships. And so 
The Bible has a very high view of friendship, and if we're going to be faithful to Scripture, we need to have a high view of friendship as well. Amen. A high view of friendship. And like he says, modern friendship is is becoming more uh, distant and shallow. It's now a common interest on social media where we type something, they type something back, we type something. But as Christians, we have to pursue something that is deeper, more intimate, more honest, something that's real, and something that it causes us to give our hearts over to another person. I love that scripture in John 15. Jesus is saying, I no longer call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master does. But I've called you friends. For everything that I have heard from my Father, I've made known to you. Jesus, again, he's revealing his heart to, to us, to you and to me, through his word. It's astounding when you think about it. Here, here is God himself willing to be vulnerable to you and I, opening up his heart, expressing his love toward us, and yet he is just waiting for a response from us here. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, I loved how he said it. It's a glimpse of the honor and the intimate fellowship, what a true friendship should be. And this is the kind of friendship, it, it just, you have to build it. it. It just doesn't happen. You have to invest yourself into this friendship. And you have to do it with the right people. It's risky. How many know that? Yeah. It's risky. It takes time, and you become vulnerable when you share. And we've all had friends, listen, we've all had friends that have betrayed us. And it hurts deeply. And what do we want to do? We want to draw back. We want to put this invisible wall up. And never again am I sharing my heart with somebody. You know, and then if it happens in the church, then it becomes even more confusing and it's more disappointing. Uh, But you and I know that there are no perfect people in church. That's right. Betrayal is wrong. We We all know that. But we cannot be shut down by it. We can't. And it really does help to know that Jesus, our, our Savior himself, was betrayed. Yeah. And then if we open up our heart to him, what's going to help is that his grace is going to come into our heart. And then we're going to be able to forgive that individual and we're going to be able to move on. We're going to find new life and more friendships as we open up and go forward. Yeah. And it's vital. It's vital. God never intended us to be solo Christians, just go out there and figure this out on our own. We, we were created to be in relationship yes. with one another. And our hearts thrive. When you, when you make a good, true friend, there's something that is so life-giving about it. This is why one of the most important things a, a person who's given their life to Christ and begins their walk with God, it's so important that they find a good church, number one, where there is fellowship with people of like mind and like faith. A good Bible teaching church. I mean, you need to be learning the, the Bible. Like a church like this, we yeah. consider this a good Bible teaching church. 
and meet and make some good, solid Christian friends. It's vital. It's so vital. We have so much to learn. I mean, you mm -hmm. want a friend, you want a good friend is someone who's going to lead you towards Jesus. Come on. Towards him. Not away from him. Not like, oh, I tried church before. Yeah, those people are kind of weird. They're a little bit fanatical. Eh, you can do life without a church. You don't really need a church. I, we've all, I think, met people like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe for whatever reason, they've had a bad experience with church fellowship. The people in a church aren't perfect. I mean... Once one of us come in the door, it's over, right? It's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but a good friend is somebody who's going to lead you towards Jesus, yes. all right? To know him, to want to trust him, to obey him. I mean, do you have people like that in your life? Mm -hmm. if, you, if you come to this church, you'll have some people to make friends with that are like that. I guarantee you there are people in the church that want to move you towards Jesus. And sometimes at first we don't see that as a gift from God. We can feel like, eh, you're getting in my space here a little bit. But it's a gift. Amen. It's a gift from God. I mean, when I look back over my life, it's been, our lives has been one of the greatest blessings to have a friend that will encourage you along, move you along towards your destiny in Christ. Come on. They know that God has good things for you. <clears throat> Maybe they're a few years down the road, and they know, no, just stick with it. Come on. You know, share your heart a little bit. We all have faults. You know, we all have strengths and weaknesses. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But you want people in your life, friends in your life that move you towards Christ. Not everybody, not everybody we call a friend, not everybody on your Facebook page is going to do that. <laughs> Probably because they're not interested in doing it. So if they're not interested in doing it, the conversation's never really going to go in that direction. So we have to make some choices about our friends. And, and the thing about friendships is this, you become like the people that you spend most of your time with. Right. I mean, it is kind of common sense when you think about it, but sometimes we don't really think about it. But you and I become like the people that you spend the most time with, that our friendships will influence the development of our character in a great way. So you want to choose friends. We used to tell this to our children growing up. Not everybody has to be your friend. Just because they're in your class, just because they play sports with you, not everybody is supposed to be your friend like I'm cutting out here maybe, maybe here a little bit. But look at Proverbs 13:20. It says this, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you become like the people you spend the most time with. Walk with the wise. Some of this is going to rub off on you if you're open. Right. You know, a, a fool in Proverbs, because this is from Proverbs, it's not a person with a low IQ. It's a person who's just not teachable. They don't want good advice. In fact, they reject good advice. They tend to be arrogant, maybe overconfident in what they think they know. You know, and maybe there's a lack of shame, appropriate shame for the things that they should have some sense of shame over. Mm-hmm. And they just do foolish things. There's no fear of God, if you will, in their heart. Right. And if we choose to hang out with people like that, that friendship will influence your own character. We just start to slip in that direction. And really, quite honestly, when you come to Christ, there will be, I thought about that song we were singing, New Wine, you know, yeah. I lay down my old flames. There may be some old flames, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to lay down in the sense of 
boyfriends, girlfriends, people that will lead you off the path mm -hmm. of loving God, that'll be a hindrance to your walk with God. They will limit your desire just by the way they live and by the conversations that you have, limit your desire to go towards Jesus, but sort of drift away from Jesus. And I'm not saying, you know, we necessarily have to just cut off old friendships, but we have to be wise and ask the Holy Spirit and be discerning. Right. Is this person and my conversation and what they want to do and how they want to hang out, is this leading me towards Jesus, giving my heart more towards him, or is it going to pull me away? Those are really important questions to ask. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 12, 26 says this, the, uh, the righteous person is a guide to his friend. That's awesome. But the path of the wicked leads them astray. See, here we go again. We want, to, we want friends who lead us again towards Jesus. Help us stay on the path with him. We want to spend time with people who love God, who are committed to God. Right. Take, take God and his word seriously. It's like iron sharpening iron. We need this in our lives because there are so many other voices in the world that are going the opposite direction. Right? Yeah, and that'll drift you off the path. Yeah. Uh, and once again, we are on a narrow path. Jesus himself but, said we are on a narrow yeah. path. We're going against a world that is full of unbelief. We're going against a world that is dominated by the spirit of darkness, which is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's, this is why it's, this proverb is so great. It says, walk with the wise and you'll become wise. And if you spend your time with people who lightly esteem the word of God and are kind of wishy-washy about obeying the word of God, well, if you spend a lot of time with them, I'm telling you, you're going to go in that way. Your heart will drift. You'll lose your fire. You, you know what? You don't become lukewarm overnight. No, yeah. It takes a while, and then you become lukewarm. You're lukewarm about obeying God, reading the Word, praying. And then when trouble comes, then you go to the wrong source for your wisdom. And if you start to go to the world for your wisdom, I'm telling you, we're, we're in a big danger. Our walk with Christ is uphill. We're going against the current. Yeah. I've said this before, we need to do the salmon dance. You know what I mean by that. You've got to go upstream. You've got to be tenacious in your determination to make it through. That's why we need godly friends. And once again, I want to state it. Uh, godly friends doesn't mean they're perfect. Yeah. Look, we all have flaws. We all have blind spots. That's why we need each other. Yeah. Because I don't see all my blind spots. <laughs> Our spouses, am I the only one? <laughs> but you know what? You, you need them to help you keep you in the right direction. And listen, parents, you've got to determine what you are going to expose your children to. You, yeah. you have to... Yeah, help them what, build. Kind of build yeah. what kind of character do you want them to have? And because if you don't put an example in front of them, TV is going to give them an example. Yeah. Uh, video games will give them an example. School, I'm telling you what, school is a hotbed for disaster. You've got to be careful with what you do. You've got to be careful with what you do in your helping them understand. If you're watching a show, and you might have, if you got it on 
might have to stop it and say, all right, did you see that interaction? That was incorrect. Let me teach you a godly way that that should have happened and why it didn't. This, this is, means you, you, moms and dads, you got to be on the ball here. It's not just Mr. Rogers and turn it on. I don't know what Mr. Rogers teaches anymore. And maybe neither do you. So they probably are good, yeah. <laughs> you know, look around you right here. These are the people that are going to help you in your walk with Christ, like Pastor mm -hmm. Mamie said. Fulfill your destiny in Christ. Yeah. You know, we are going to be working together on that narrow path, encouraging one another and bringing each other to the higher standard that God wants us to walk in. And that's why it's important. Face-to-face -face relationships are, are vital. Yeah. It's vital. It's important to make connections here. Invite one another into your own homes. Go out for a dinner. Go, you know, just get to know somebody. That's how you're going to work it. It takes, like we said, it takes effort. It takes energy. It takes you being courageous and you being vulnerable at the same time. And that goes both ways. Yeah. It's not one-sided. Not the kind of relationship, not the kind of fellowship that Jesus is talking about. Not the kind of relationship God's way. He wants it both ways, building each other up, growing in Christ. Yeah. So we want to look at just some traits of a godly friendships, a godly friend. I mean, we want to have godly friends. We want to be a godly friend, yeah. too. So this works both ways. And many of the scriptures that we're going to look at come from the book of Proverbs, which has a lot to say about friendships. 31 chapters. It's a great devotional. A month, go through it in a month. You could, you could go through it if you have children. Have them read a chapter a day. Pick out one verse out of it, or you do it and pick out one with your son, daughter, grandchild, and just talk about it. What stands out to you? Because it's like what Pastor Steve was saying, kids are facing oh. a lot of crazy stuff out there, especially with peer pressure and friendship. And so mm -hmm. the friendship connections, you know, can be dangerous, frankly. Yes. See, we want our kids to have wisdom, to know how to choose a friend, how to walk away from some groups and some friendships and, and make godly friends and be a godly friend to someone else. So the first one is just a godly friend is in a living relationship with Jesus. Amen. And the Word of God. Because if we say, and the Word of God, because Jesus is the Word of God. God. <laughs> Jesus, you know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so Jesus and his word are one. So if we're in a relationship with Jesus, that means we're a reader of the word of God. Mm -hmm. We know what it says. So if you're a real true follower of Christ, it's important that you choose close friends, people that you're going to want to have close fellowship with. They're interested in making Jesus first priority, yes. putting him first in their life. Someone who's actively working on their relationship with God. And you can often tell this you know, by just looking at people's social media pages. Come on. You know, where their heart is, what they're thinking about. Uh, you know, do they care about the things of God? But if somebody who uh, has, has a living relationship with Jesus is somebody who's pursuing God. Correct. Just reading the word of God. They're working on their friendship with God. They're not ashamed of 
about it. They're not embarrassed about it. Right. Keep it all hidden. If nobody knows that you're a Christian, at some point something's wrong. (laughs) Something's wrong. Something's wrong. (laughs) Because... We're going to look at Proverbs 18.24. All right, fire it up. The man of many friends... The man of many friends, a friend of all the world, will there, prove himself there. a bad friend, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Come on. So just because, what's this scripture really talking about? I mean, really put, bring it into today's reality. Just because you have a large group of friends, like you've got those 500 or so on your Facebook page, doesn't mean that they're all going to be there and stick with you in a time of need. Like when you hit hard times, people will often say, then I found out who my friends really were. Yeah. And, you know, celebrities could attest to this. They're the ones with all these fans and the fame. And then they hit a hard time or they go through something. People are just like, what? All the fans leave them. All of a sudden, where are all the friends when you need them? But the, a genuine, authentic friend is somebody, like it says, there are six closer than a brother. In other words, yes. that person can be counted on. So when you hit the wall, you're going through a tough time. That friend is steadfast with you. It doesn't just become silent. They're there for you, even sometimes more so than a family member. You know, how many, if, if, how many of you would feel like your brothers and sisters in Christ inside of a church are often, you're closer often to them than you are to your blood family yes. members? Look at all the hands going up. Yep, yeah. yep. I mean, brotherhood and sisterhood in Christ is powerful. It's one of the strongest relationships that we know. This is why we need the church. This is why we need the body of Christ to come together, not just come and leave and come and leave, but we are meant to interact and have a relationship with one another so the Spirit of God can move among us in a, in a more powerful way. Amen. Amen. Of course, in that scripture, Jesus, it said, is this, who's the friend who sticks closer than a brother? Ultimately, Jesus is our friend Come on. who sticks closer than a brother. You know, Because he says he'll never leave us or forsake us. A, yeah. uh, your your a godly friend is when you make a fool of yourself, they know it's not a permanent job. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. There's still hope. <laughs> There's still, listen, godly friends don't mean they're perfect. They're going to have faults. They're going to have weaknesses. But they will challenge you to go deeper in your relationship with God. So what was the first trait? The first trait is that their relationship with Jesus is alive. And it's based in the word of God. The second one is a godly friend. Here we go. A godly friend tells you the truth even if it may hurt. Not that you have spinach stuck in your teeth and you've been walking around the whole potluck like that, and, you, yeah. and nobody said anything. And then they say, you have spinach there, and you're like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> let me get it out. No, they have the courage to point out, you know, some of your spiritual weaknesses. They want to see you grow in Christ they, because they know what is at stake. If we keep going down the wrong path, it's just going to lead to disaster. It takes courage to do that. Anybody find that out? When you're going to talk to somebody and you're going to say, oh my gosh, this could be really bad or this could be really good. It takes courage to do it. But you know, we're supposed to serve one another. Do you understand that is serving one another? Doesn't mean that, 
I'll pick up after you. That means when I see something going on in your life, I'm going to serve you by saying, you know what, I, can I talk with you? I'm, I want to just say, I see this happening. Is That is serving one yeah, another. That's love. That is love. It is love. Look at this, this again, Proverbs, such an awesome book. It, look, 27.6, it says this, the wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from the enemy. Mm. You know why? Because kisses from an enemy is going to deceive you. It's going to draw you, keep going down that same path. Keep going, keep going, keep going. But a, a true friend, a Christian friend, is going to be able to tell you the truth in humility and in sincerity. And then you can trust them that they're not going to go behind your back and start spreading rumors. Yeah. Hello? Mm -hmm. Again, if we remember what ha he said on that video, the word friendship is in Hebrew is close to the word secret. Yeah. Secret. Mm -hmm. And a friend is somebody you could tell your secrets to. And a friend will tell you when you're wandering off that narrow yeah. path. Mm -hmm. Again, we all have <laughs> blind spots and we need this. We need this. And this is, this is gospel community. We did a whole series on gospel community. This is part of it. We need a friend who's going to speak honestly to us. Someone who has compassion and was willing to tell us the truth. And then help us along the way. Not just dump on you and say, figure it out. No, a friend is there. I'm getting in the ditch with you. We can overcome this by the presence of God, by the love of God, and by putting ourselves back on the right path. And this Galatians scripture is just really awesome. Galatians chapter 6, it reads this, My friends, if someone is caught in any kind of wrongdoing, those of you who are spiritual should set him right. But you must do it in a gentle way. And keep an eye out for yourself so that you're not going to be tempted to. Yeah. Help carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you are obeying the law of Christ. And I suggest before you do this, you, you spend time in prayer. Lord, how would you like me to go about this? I see something, you know, should I? And, and you, you need to pray about it before you come in like gangbusters and just let them have it. This isn't about letting them have it. This is like, I am concerned for you. I, I'm, I'm here as a brother or sister in Christ. I have this concern. I, I'm, you know, and I could be wrong, but this is what I see. Mm -hmm. And then you're drawing that person back into the light to keep them in the light. This is, this is what gospel community yeah. is all about. And, and really the world cares nothing for your eternal welfare. <laughs> nothing. Hello, hello. I mean, the devil's happy to whisper, you know, to the one friend, don't say anything. You don't need to go there with them. Let them live their life. They'll figure it out. It's a lot easier, isn't it? But just look the other way. Let somebody else do it. Mm. 
I think that happens a lot, but that's not what these scriptures are obviously telling us. Galatians just said, if somebody is caught in any kind of wrongdoing or they, they're stumbling in sin, go to them is what it says to yeah. do. It, it takes courage, and it does take, you mentioned prayer. You have to cover that with prayer a lot first yes. before we step out and do these things because sometimes prayer is even enough. Prayer does the job. Right. The Holy Spirit may say, just pray about, pray for the person, pray for the person, pray for the person, and you, then you may feel like it's true that the Holy Spirit is saying that was enough. But there will be other times when the Holy Spirit will lead you to take that step. And so we have to be careful that we keep an eternal perspective on this thing. Yes. This isn't about, well, I just see something in your life, like you said, I just want to tell you about it, and it makes you feel better about yourself. Well, I'm not like you, but I mean, you know, we, that's the flesh. It's a blessing. It's yeah. a gift from God to have somebody see that bigger picture of what's at stake. Like, where are we all going? What's the point of all of our journey together in Christ? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a gift, really, as a pastor. Yes. God gives you a shepherd's heart with people. A shepherd, what does a shepherd in the natural do? A shepherd leads, guides sheep into safe pastures, good pastures. Yes. You know, so if a sheep is wandering in the natural, what would a shepherd do? Go, go out there and guide, whoa, go this way because, you know, I see, I know there's a wolf out there. On that, I know there's a cliff. Let's go this way. Shepherd doesn't just go, eh, well, let them figure it out themselves. If they fall off the cliff, they'll learn a lesson, you know. <laughs> I mean, a good shepherd, you know, this is why as a pastor, this is part of our role. It's like we want to guide everybody, like, to the right pasture. And often that will require just yeah. you talk about things with, with how our lives are going. And so we want to be that. It's not just the pastors that do this. It's all the body of Christ right. because all the French... It, you will see in friendships and have in friendships that we won't even know about. Right. And so God is asking all of us to be, to help shepherd his people. And so that, which brings us to the third trait of a, of a godly friend. A godly friend helps yeah. your soul to stretch. Because these things do stretch. Come they on. challenge us, don't they? You know, they stretch us because they're, they're calling us to a wider, bigger perspective of our lives. An sometimes, eternal perspective. Yeah, an eternal perspective. And sometimes we just, we can get tunnel vision. We just become narrow-minded, focused on the things, you know, our very life, all of our circumstances, all the details to it. And we do get tunnel vision. Mm. We become narrow-minded about some of these things. I mean, someone once said that, you know, you could, somebody can be so narrow-minded they could see through a keyhole with both eyes, you know, they're like... <laughs> But it can be like that. We can just get so weighed down with all of our stuff. We forget about the bigger perspective and even what God is capable of. Yes. And a good friend, you know, will want you to stretch you. Will say, God has some purpose for your life, I think, beyond what you can see. You're right. Maybe you see something in somebody, you call it out. A good friend can often see giftings in people. See your potential. You know, I can say, call it out, challenge you, prod you on, take a step of faith, use your gift. Yeah. That's like one of the greatest joys of being a pastor. When people come into the church and they're new to the things of God, it's like to, to begin to talk to them about who they are in Christ. 
and see some of these things awaken mm-hmm. and their soul to stretch. It's like God has put potential in you that yes. is beyond what you know. And it's a, it can be exciting. I guess Proverbs 27, 17 says, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens his friends. That's, that's part of that whole, you know, the stretching part. It makes us better people. I like that. Iron sharpens yeah. iron. Friend sharpens a friend. It's important because it's easy to come into a church and just be an observer or just be like a consumer type of idea. Well, not for me, you know, I'm just, you know, uh, you know, but the truth is when I said that we're to serve one another, that means just that. It doesn't just mean that I'm going to just clean up after you, just like I'm saying. It doesn't mean that I'm just watching your children. It means that I'm going to serve you the best I know how, and I'm going to be willing to be a, a friend. I'm going to be willing to be vulnerable Do you understand this takes courage to be a friend that the Bible is calling us as a friend? It takes courage to do this. It takes great courage. But, you know, God is counting on you. God is counting on me. This is Hebrews 10, 24. This is just, this is it. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Stir one another up. Again, like Pastor Mamie says, a lot of times we see gifts in people. People come in and, you know, how many know the world will beat you down? It's like when we first came into the church at the beginning, it's like, what? I need help. I can't go help anybody else. I'm a mess. Hot mess. I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) At least Mamie didn't say it. We were both in that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the key is, is that there's, like Pastor Mamie says, God placed gifts in you to be utilized for the body of Christ. Yes. That's why we have to stir one another up yeah. to do it. A, a godly friend is going to help you see a bigger vision of the possibilities that are in your life. Yeah. Come yeah. on. And it's going to show you the importance of your obedience to it for the glory of God and for the value that comes in eternal life. Mm -hmm. There's a huge responsibility that's placed upon us. But if we don't understand it, if we become cowardly and, and just like, oh, I can't, well, then we're not fulfilling the law of Christ as it was described in Galatians chapter 6. Bear one another's burdens. That doesn't always mean that oh, I see you got to move your refrigerator. I'll come and help you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it means I have a burden that I might not see, and I'm counting on my the body of Christ to help me because I don't see it. But if everybody is silent, I'm still the nincompoop that's walking around going over on the cliff. where's somebody going to say hey brother I'm telling you right now you're messed up and the key would be well yeah thank you I know now what do I do (laughs) but it's important let's go to the next one this is really important godly friends offers wise counsel how many know sometimes all of us 
every single one of us. We fall into a rut sometimes, and all we can see is the negative. Anybody, or is it just me? We just see everything that's wrong, everything that's wrong. Well, guess what? Not everything is wrong. And that's why you need a friend who's going to help you see that, no, man, not everything is wrong. Just help you get your head screwed on straight. And it's important that we do that. It, it's, we need friends to be able to help each other. You know, how many times do you talk to a friend and then all of a sudden afterwards you go, boy, I feel better. <laughs> I'm so glad my head is out of the fog now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It happens. And then look at this one. This is, I really like this scripture. It's in Proverbs 27, 9. It says this. It says, oil and perfume rejoice the heart. And so does the sweetness of a friend's counsel that comes from the heart. Yeah. And I love what Pastor Mamie says too. Friends are going to lead you to go toward Christ. Yeah. And you know, how many know, I'm talking to the church here. When you're starting to walk toward Christ, that means it's going to be tough. There are times when you're going to have to pull the dump lever on what you used to think, and you're going to have to absorb his thinking. Yeah. I mean, he, a good friend will encourage you to stay faithful. A good friend will encourage you to be obedient to the Lord. It, and, and when you, because we all, every single one of us, fall into a time where we feel like that's it. Um, I'm just like, I'm done. And then what our, the tendency is to run to the world for advice or, or this is what they did. No, you need a real friend who's going to give you godly advice according to the word of God so that we can walk that narrow path together. Yeah. Do you know this isn't easy? But you know what it displays? It truly displays love. Yeah. This, is, this is the love of God, folks. It is... It, Shame on us for ignoring somebody because you see something going on in their life. We're not fulfilling the law of Christ. We need to do this. This is called gospel community. And believe it or not, our lives depend on one another. Things are going to ramp up in this world. And we're going to need each other more than we ever have thought. We might have to be on the ground drawing a fish there. Are you one of us? Are you one of us? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so that's good. That's number, that was number four. We want yeah. godly friends who offer wise counsel. Number five, godly friends have self-control. We mm -hmm. want people around us. You know, you mentioned self-control. Maybe some people are like, oh, I need, but I need self-control. Yeah, it sounds, it can be sometimes, you know, a negative because the world is so full of this self-expression, just do anything you want, say anything you yeah. want, whenever you want, however you want. I mean, all the moral boundaries and yeah. ways have been so broken down that to say self-control just sounds, oh, it sounds so confining. But self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Come on. And, you know, to... Do what you want to do, however you want to do it. It's really like the motto of Satan. Do whatever you will. Do, yeah, if, do what they will. But the, yeah. you, if you hang out with people, you know, either online or in person who just have a short fuse, 
And it seems like everybody has a short fuse these days. Just read a few things online, posts, comments. It's like, wow. The, or everybody... drive the speed limit, right, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, people right on your tail. Move along. You know, I'm in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yikes, just smile. I guess, like, just smile. Go, just, go, go around. Go around me. <laughs> but people do have a short fuse. It just seems like it's the cool thing now to be argumentative, to know how to jab, be mm. sarcastic, make a put yeah. down. Yeah, I won that argument idea. Yeah. And I just think self-control. I mean, look at what just happened at the Capitol. Uh-huh. Talk about loss of self-control. Yep, exactly. I mean, all of this rubs off on our emotions. We have to be aware of what it's doing to our, ourselves personally, how we're responding mm-hmm. to it personally in our own heart. Proverbs twenty two twenty four says, don't associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man lest you learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Ooh. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. That's, I mean, this, is, this is... Self-control is just... Right out of the book. Yeah. I mean, self-control is one of the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's like this self-mastery, if you will, an inner inner power that comes from the Holy Spirit to give you mastery over your flesh. When you want to say something, do something, act a certain way, impulsive, the Holy Spirit will help you have self-control. Just button it up. Don't do that. Sit down. Be quiet. You know, like... We do have the capability to exercise self-control because without it, we can really make a mess of our lives. And I think we just... Yeah, boy, have we seen that, huh? Yeah, we'll go on to... We got that. Well, let's go oh, we had one more... Go ahead, read that scripture. Well, one more scripture under this. This is Proverbs, important. Yeah, Proverbs 20, verse 1. This has to do with self-control and how we just live our lives as far as lifestyle goes. Because the Bible talks against people getting drunk, substance abuse, addictions. We should not let the flesh have mastery over us. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. The flesh is having mastery over us when, when, when we're subject to those fleshly things. It says much wine makes people mock. Liquor makes them noisy. We've all been around noisy, drunk people, loud and aggressive, in other words, and stupid sometimes. huh? And everyone under their influence is unwise. You think about it. Watch a sporting event. How many beer commercials, alcohol commercials come on? The world is jamming that down your throat. And who's going to be the most impressionable? Young kids. They're going to see this. Oh, everything is beautiful when you drink this type of beer. Or if you drink that type of beer. Or or you can climb a mountain and drink this particular whiskey. And it's like... Take them, take them back to Proverbs chapter yeah. 20. Or go behind the scenes in a home where there's uh, alcoholism. Right here, yeah. Yeah, and begin to tell me about how wonderful it is yeah. to overindulge. I mean, the Bible doesn't say no alcohol. I mean, some people will choose no alcohol. Right. It, it forbids drunkenness. Right. And drunkenness makes you do stupid things, hurts people, hurts, hurts lives. Hurts children. Yes. And so, you know, God calls us to a life of freedom in Christ, but not everything our flesh wants to say and do is a good witness to other people and will produce good fruit in our life. So we have to just, we have to be always going with the Holy Spirit. Let's go to number six here. Godly friends will shun evil. They'll shun evil. They'll turn away from it. Listen, 
I'm talking to these young kids. You go, to, you want to be hanging out with the cool kids? In my day, the cool kids actually had all the parties. They had uh, the newer cars. They had all this. And so it was like, okay, if you hang out with them right now, I'm telling you what, people that did hang out with them are dead today because of, they went to this alcohol stuff. They went too far. They had all the parties, all the nice stuff. They were the cool crowd. See, we need, we need godly friends who say, yeah, let's kind of walk away from that. That's going to end in trouble. It's not going to be good. Yeah. I wish we had friends like that yeah. in our younger days. That would have been awesome. We, it could save you a lot of heartache. Because sometimes God's trying to get your attention, what, what he has a plan and purpose for your life, and you could just shut it down just by hanging out with the wrong people. Yep. You just become blind and deaf to the voice of the Spirit. That's and true. And so godly friends will help like this. They just shun evil. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 this says, This is a great scripture. Don't be fooled. Bad companions ruin good character. Here we go again. You know, well, so, we've seen it so many times about somebody gets born again, fired up for God, they are just lit up, they've got questions, they're telling you about prayers being answered, they're telling you about what they read in the scriptures, that it was like their eyes are being opened and everything, and then a couple months later, two, three months later, then all of a sudden, they met the love of their life. And that person has not the same desire We've seen it over and over in all the years. That is the number one thing in all the years that draw people away. The opposite sex. And you often hear, I'll convert them. They'll get saved. But you don't know that. You don't know if that'll happen. And you don't know how long that relationship will last and what it will be doing in the meantime. Yep. I and know personal stories about it just doesn't, it does not work. God says, don't be unequally yoked. That's yeah. what he says. Yeah. Real simple. And so often then what you see is the person just slowly drifting away. They come to church less. They come to less fellowship mm-hmm. things together. And it's, you know, it doesn't take a lot anymore. What seems like discernment. It's like the handwriting's on the wall. I know what will happen in this relationship. And it's just so, so easy to see in Scripture yeah. that, you know, bad companions. And we're not saying, well, that person is a bad person. Well, that person doesn't want to know Christ. Scripture says what partnership should we have with them then? Right. And that we have to take heed because God knows better about how to lead us down a good path, you know, than sometimes we, we just feel like in our emotions. And so let's, we're going to close out here. So let's, let's, uh, yeah. let's bow our heads is what yeah. I'd like to do. And I think would be really rich for each one of us to... Just ask God, Lord, I want to be a friend like this. Yeah. And I want to have friends like this. There's great security in that. And just ask the Lord, you know, ask the Holy Spirit. What are you saying to me today about Mm -hmm. my friendships? About friendships? Are there people in my life that I need to... You know, maybe love from a distance. We can love people from a distance. Maybe the Holy Spirit's asking you to be a better, be a better friend to someone. To cultivate a godly friendship. 
I mean, you, you want to be a friend that helps prod someone towards their destiny in Christ. We all need help with that. Yes. So often, again, we put ourselves on the losing side. We minimize the things in our life. We, we need people in our lives that say, no, come on. Let's do this together. I see things in you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And so godly friendships are made by intention. We need to be intentional. Yes. So church, let's be intentional about it. They won't just happen. It's going to take an investment of your time. It's going to take praying with people, praying for, for friends. I, I'm, ask, ask God. We pray, God. I pray that you give godly friendships to people. Sow the seed of friendship with another. Yes, the same book, Proverbs, says if you want friends, show yourself friendly. Yes. <clears throat> it's a two-way street. Some of you need to ask God for courage to be able to confront a situation. But you do it in humility, bathed in prayer, and always for the betterment of that person, pointing them toward Jesus. Yes. And if you're here today and you, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, this is an invitation for you. And Jesus is that friend who sticks closer than a brother. But he's more than a brother. He's, he's the one and the only one who can wipe away your sins. All the stain of sin can be wiped away through Jesus Christ. His shed blood his death, burial, and resurrection. You can be free from what might hold you back. If that's you today, and you want to give your life over to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I'm asking you to raise your hand high enough so I can see it, and then we'll say a prayer. And it's a miraculous thing. When you pray from your heart, what happens is the Spirit of the living God comes and recreates your inside. I see that hand. It's a miracle. Let's, let's all say this out loud. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus. I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus. I believe, I believe that He came to this earth. He came to this earth. I believe, I believe He went to the cross. He went to the cross. He shed His blood. He shed His blood for the forgiveness of my sins. For the forgiveness of my sins. I believe, I believe He went to the grave for three days. He went to the grave for three days. On that third day, and on that third He day, rose again from the dead. He rose again from the for dead. my justification. For my justification. Jesus Christ. Jesus Come and be king of my life. Come and be king of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty amen name. Amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.